This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back. It's the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. I'm Dave Brown, joined by Michelle McQuig and Joita Gupta. Let's address our next topic will fire it up, so to speak. England's Prime Minister is considering a new anti-smoking policy. Rishi Sunak thinks that raising the legal age to buy cigarettes by one year every year will eliminate smoking in the country. The legal smoking age in England is 18. Michelle, what filter do you want to apply to this conversation? All of them, because I have to confess that this one, I, I, I read the policy and I am almost coming to you all begging to be persuaded about its efficacy because <laughs> I I am not sure how I feel about this one. I, I, I have to admit, I'm struggling a little bit to envision how this would be an effective measure, how this would work exactly. Um, so many questions, so many doubts, and I just don't know quite how to go about this. I recognize that there's all kinds of questions around smoking, smoking as a public health concern. And for that reason, the government wants to try to take measures to curb it. Almost every government does so to some degree. Uh, but this is also something that lines government coffers to a pretty uh, significant degree. Yeah, even yeah. In, So I, I, they're, they're just quite apart from an, an unusual sounding policy that I can't quite square with, with the realities of things. Uh, I find this to be an interesting issue more broadly anyhow. Joita, I've seen a couple of jurisdictions propose ideas like this before. I have to say this. I give them credit for creativity and perhaps thinking outside the pack, so to speak. <laughs> like, I, like, I, like, I do think there's some creativity to this, and I do think it could potentially curb a smidgen of smoking, but I mm -hmm. don't think it would be entirely all that effective, certainly not in the short or medium term. No, not in the short uh, or medium term, but I think the point of the policy, at least in theory, is not to tackle the short or the medium term as much as it is to tackle the long term. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. In the article that you sent around, there was some really interesting language where they said that this is a, a you know, a century old mistake that they're trying to rectify and that uh, they would like to create a situation where you have a generation that is free from smoking. Now, one of the things we know about, uh, and this, uh, and, the, and a lot of the research does corroborate this, is one of the things we know about the start of when people, uh, about when people start to smoke is actually in their teens. Uh, so 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Um, and so if, in theory, he's able to implement a change, you could have a scenario where, uh, according to research, most people... Um, begin smoking by the age of 21, If uh, by the age of 20, if you could get to a place where you can raise the the legal age to begin to buy cigarettes to, to 21, then you effectively protect um, the 14 to 20-year-old age cohort. Um, this is, of course, contingent on the fact that Everybody follows the law. Yes, which, as because we know, with 14, the number of vices, that's it, 14 right? to 20 yeah. year olds never try to buy anything. Never under try age. to follow I the law. So I, mean, I never that's... went to a dip and at 14 years old in Montreal to try and buy beer. <laughs> Unheard never, of. Never, never. <laughs> no. And that's no. where I think it falls apart a little bit. But in theory, at least, it's uh, it's a promising start. And I would be curious to see um, how far they're actually able to go. The other thing that piqued my interest was exactly how far they intend to push this because. 
you know, 18 is the is the age of majority for a number of things. And you may have a couple of people hemming and hawing on the basis of age discrimination, saying that, well, if I'm 18 and I'm old enough to vote and old enough to have sex, then why can't I smoke? For example, in Ontario, the um, the legal age for drinking is 19, but no one's really brought a human rights complaint against the Ontario government to challenge that in any way. But there might be some gr arguments made about age mm. discrimination, saying that younger people are being disenfranchised or uh, disallowed from making choices where, you know, in other scenarios, they're considered competent adults. So that would be a really interesting line to mm. pursue. And the last thing that really piqued my interest is exactly how far they intend to push this, because uh, pushing the age to about 21 seems pretty reasonable to me, but I find it very hard to fathom a scenario where the legal age to purchase cigarettes is 35 or dare I say 55 or even 65. So I'd be very, I would be very surprised if they can actually push it beyond a certain limit. I mean, from what I read of the policy, Rishi Sunak intends to keep pushing the age yeah. Uh, up indefinitely. Yeah. Well, I don't know every how year. much success he's yeah. actually going to have with that. That, that was my point, understanding is that it yeah, that was my understanding is that he pushed it out until it was, you know, 98, 99, something, something to that effect, <laughs> yeah. way beyond what we're, what we're floating the, here. The, but the flip side is that this law wouldn't apply to places like Scotland or Wales or Northern Ireland. No. So basically it would be yeah. pretty easy to get uh, cigarettes into the country from those places or, you know, uh, continental Europe where they never, ever smoke. No one ever smokes in continental <laughs> Europe. Uh, Michelle, I would also say if I were to offer a criticism in regards to the efficacy of this, I would say that it's also pretty narrow, especially in the context of teens the conversation now isn't teens smoking cigarettes it's teens vaping vaping right. yeah totally yeah there's one of so many questions i have about this and, and joita kind of touched on the other big one that of being enforcement um i i really i'm a little baffled as to how this works and so i was extra baffled even as i read the article to see wow not only has this idea getting serious consideration here it's actually already been implemented elsewhere i think it's Australia or New Zealand, I forget which one, so forgive me, but one of those countries has already implemented a measure just like this. And I and I I, I feel like I'm missing something. Clearly these yeah. people <laughs> see value here that I'm simply not catching. And it's entirely possible that I'm just not well informed enough to grasp it, but I, I I'm a little perplexed as to why this is catching on. Okay, I've got to be careful in the way that I execute this. I've got to be very particular that I don't show uh, the pack that I'm opening here. But someone decided to do a little bit of research this morning from the Canadian perspective because there is a new law in place in Canada that any cigarette sold needs to have a health warning printed right on the cigarette. So I went to the dip enter this morning and I said, hey. Let's go investigate and see if that's the case. Cigarettes are not supposed to be sold now in Canada without the health warning printed right on the thing. So here we go. I've pulled it out, and I'm seeing some kind of writing on here. The font is very small, very okay. small. I cannot read it. So there's an accessibility side on this where, okay. uh, where right. like, you can't actually read the health warning that's supposed to be printed individually on these. You're but blind, Olivision. There's your out. But Joita... But jo real, real journalism at work right real here. Real journalism time, at work. Uh, Joita, <laughs> what's your perception of the Canadian policy here? Well, I think uh, it doesn't hurt, certainly. I mean, there are people who take the view that if putting the warning right on the cigarette stops even one more person from smoking, then it's worth it. But I think uh, it really depends on whether that is a deterrent to people or not. There could also be a point where if you're really keen on smoking, um, then you almost become desensitized to the warning. There's a really important perspective to consider here. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not well enough informed about the human rights situation in Europe, so I won't go there or in the UK. Uh, but in Canada, at least, uh, there is a 
perspective that talks about protecting the rights of smokers uh, as people who have an addiction. And so to uh, so when you factor that in as well, you know, that that does sort of add an interesting nuance and an interesting layer to this conversation. For example, with a lot of rental buildings and stuff, they'll say, but, you know, if you're a lifelong smoker, you can't just snap your fingers and quit. And so you have to make some allowances for that. So uh, you asked about the health warning. I think it might hopefully serve as a deterrent to some people. But then if you've been smoking all your life, you know the warnings. There's been so much education about the harms and yeah, hazards yeah. of smoking. You might just not look at it. Yeah, Michelle, uh, Michelle, as I pointed out, uh, it was pretty much illegible uh, what was written on that yeah. cigarette that I pulled out. So not super effective from a blinder, low vision point of view. But I would also suggest that it's so small in the way that it's written. It, it wouldn't even like it, it's not going to move the needle at all for anyone who's actually a smoker. And again, in order to get, open the package to look at the individual cigarettes, you would have had to get past the massive health warnings all over the package itself that have been there for years and growing for years. I, I, I will admit that I, I, I might have a bit of a blind spot just on smoking cessation policy in general, because that one has also baffled me. I've, I've always kind of wondered how this is going to be effective. And yet time and again, it's proven to be so. There is data to back up this one. Canada's health warning policies have been able to help really draw down smoking percentages in this country. But right now, the last survey I saw was taken in 2020 and released in 2022, and it had the population of smokers at around 10% in Canada yeah, for the yeah. adult population. So that's massively, massively lower than where it used to be, lower than the UK for sure. The, the comparable figure there is about 13% at the moment. That's a bigger population as well than we have here. So I think it's... Uh, I, I, I'm kind of coming to the conclusion that I'm just bad at evaluating this stuff because clearly some of it does work. Yeah, I, it's definitely an observation that I've had in, in my life. I was at a wedding last weekend and there might have been two or three smokers, like maybe yeah. in, a, in a wedding of, of, of 100 people. You know, maybe maybe I'm underestimating the number a little bit, but but I would say in terms of seeing people around sort of the same smoking area, it was sort of two, three, four people, you know, it was the same people every time. So that my perception is that, yeah, like the smoking is, is like the numbers are down and Michelle points out the data backs that up. Joita, what's your observation? Maybe walking around the streets of downtown, uh, taking deep breaths uh, what are you observing i'm not observing a lot of smokers that's for sure yeah. um, yeah. no i think the numbers definitely declined but the one thing to keep in mind is that while the numbers of actual quote-unquote smokers has gone down the numbers of vapors uh including young people mm. has actually shot up yeah, and big i think i might have misread this so please correct me if i'm wrong but the policy in the uk that we originally started this conversation on does tackle vaping as part of the policy as well uh, but i think any smoking cessation efforts really have to tackle vaping now especially amongst young people in Canada, not least because um, as with cigarette manufacturers, people who are providing e-cigarettes um, are really heavily advertising to young people uh, with offering flavors. And I think you can blow little smoke rings. Don't ask me, you know, that's supposed to be cool and fun. So really having a serious conversation about uh, the advertising around vaping and how they're targeting young people is um, also a conversation that I think needs to be had in terms of thinking about smoking cessation amongst younger people. But it's not smokers so much more that I'm concerned about now. It's vaping because those numbers are getting yeah, really yeah. Good. And it's yeah. also it's also just really it's really easy to fall into the vaping trap because you can basically do it anywhere, right? Like with mm -hmm. pretty much unnoticed. So it's definitely it's definitely a much more complex kettle of fish uh, to consider the uh, vaping side of the equation. Okay, let's. 
let's uh, butt this topic out and move on <laughs> to the next one. Coming up next, France is deploying a series of efforts to pinpoint a Paris bedbug infestation. I'm kind of curious who's accountable to deal with a city varmin insect infestation. What does accountability look like? Michelle, Chuita, and I will explore that question and others. This is the Now News Panel on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.